Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, and welcome back to a special Friday edition of the Read Option Podcast. As always, I am joined by Brentley Wiseman, and I am your host, Jordan Reed. We are back. Of course, we are doing our college football week two previews. And just to give you guys a quick rundown of the show, we'll preview Oregon, Ohio State, Iowa, Iowa State, Texas, and Arkansas. And then we'll finish up with Michigan and Washington. But first, we had an NFL game last night, and it was very entertaining, but Brentley, how's everything going, man? Uh, things are going good. You know, had a long day driving down the coast of California, currently in San Luis Obispo for the listeners at home who are familiar with the with the West Coast. Um, you know, I was able to catch a lot of the game, watch, you know, good good half, good portion of it. Um, what, what a game. I mean, what a way to start week one of the NFL season. Couldn't have asked for anything more. I know a lot of people thought the Buccaneers were going to come in and, and really just steamroll the Cowboys. And, and, you know, that was the opposite. It was a very competitive game from start to finish. And, you know, if, if this game is any indicator of what this NFL season is going to be, I think we're in store for one hell of a season. And you're the better of the group. Like, I'm not a yeah, better man. at all. But, like, just looking on Twitter – like I saw like plus nine and a half for the for the Cowboys and I was like, man, like that seems like easy money. And they ended up covering. Like nine and a half was a huge cushion for them. So were you able to cash in on any bets? So I I I, I hit my over, which I said in the staff meeting yesterday. I was like, look, if Dallas is gonna have any shot of staying in this game, like Dak's gonna have to throw the ball 50 times, they're gonna have to score to win in a shootout, keep it a shootout. And so I think what I had, it was over under 50. So I took that. I think the line moved to 53 right before the game. So I hit. Um, but then the, the the Tampa Bay, you know, minus nine, plus eight and a half, that's a tricky line. Yeah. Like Tampa's supposed to be really good. They're at home, but nine of points. And we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about betting. By the, end of, by the end of the season, you'll be familiar with betting. But when a team gets nine points, like – the 49ers aren't even getting nine points against the Lions. You know, nine points is an absolutely huge number. So I stayed away from the spread because I was not comfortable uh, taking anybody, you know, minus nine, even though I thought Tampa was going to win. Yeah, and for sure, like, the game was amazing. Like, whenever there's elite, elite quarterback play like that, like, I'm like a kid in a candy store, man. It's just seeing Dak like shoulder the load. They couldn't get anything going in the run game. And I posted up a tweet and like people came after me and like what they had like six rushing attempts at the time. I wish I could see it, bro. I wish I could see it. Oh, I forgot your account of that. <laughs> People probably were hitting you up about selling yeah. PS5. So for those yeah. of you that don't know, Brentley finally got verified this week <laughs> and his account got hacked as soon as it happened. And I DM'd him just because his, his account was going off saying, everybody DM me if you need a PS5. So I'm sure your DMs, you probably are going to have like 50 messages when Dude, you come the back. Fun, the funniest part is I don't even play video games. I was like, what? Like, I literally don't even own a PlayStation to sell. And I feel really bad because I think the hackers, like, they fool people, bro. Like, people are Instagramming yeah. me like, hey, like, I paid you $50 and you blocked me. I'm like, dude, like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, 
I got hacked. Like you yeah. have to tell your bank to, to, to get your money back. But anyways, my Twitter should be back hopefully in the next coming days. Don't unfollow me, but it's, uh, it's been brutal. It's been brutal. I mean, just my luck. I mean, I can't be on Twitter during the start of the NFL season. Like my gosh. And then you have all these injuries happen today. I had no idea. It's yeah. like, I was so <laughs> out of the loop. It was crazy. More followers, more problems, man. That's all. Yeah, totally. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, man, it was it was crazy on Twitter. This was the first time I actually live tweeted a game in a long, long time. I usually like to sit back and watch games myself and then tweet about them after. But you know, you always have hot takes and things like that. I don't give hot takes during games. I just tweet about what I was seeing. And all I said was McCarthy is gonna have to ride that this game i said yeah. he's like that three-point shooter that's hot right now he's have to continue to feed him and ezekiel elliott just didn't look good at all and i know they didn't open a lot of run lanes for him but when he did get opportunities in space and one-on-one he just wasn't able to make those guys miss so i think this was a game of where just the passing game was working and then you saw what vita Vea was doing up front devin white levante david I mean, it's like you were running into a brick wall. That's what I tweeted. Like, why are you going to constantly keep banging your head into that brick wall? So, I mean, I don't blame McCarthy for throwing the ball as many times as he did. I think it reached up to, I think, 50-plus, if I'm not mistaken. So, I'm not saying they have to do that all year, just because I don't think Dak is going to last if they do that, obviously. Just because of what happened with his shoulder in preseason and things like that. But I think it was just that type of game of where it was a shootout, and they just had to get the passing game going. Is that that That's what was working this game. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, Dak was, I mean, gosh, he he was unbelievable. And I know Brady's going to get a lot of the storylines. And we'll talk about Brady in a second. But I want to stick on Dak real quick, Jordan, if you don't mind. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm trying to get my words right here because I have some strong feelings about this. You know, there's so much made about the debate about whether to pay Dak, right? Um, you know, he was holding out for, I think, 40-plus and and – you know, he really wanted to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. And and people, for some for whatever reason, just kept saying he doesn't deserve it. What has Dak shown? He's a game manager. Have you watched Dak play? I mean, really, like, have, you, have people watched Dak play? Before he got hurt last year, he was performing like the best quarterback, not named Mahomes and Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Like, he was looking like an MVP candidate last year. He took his team – to the playoff, I think, multiple times. Like The guy's a winner. But yet, there's always so much reservations for da- against Dak Prescott. I didn't hear none of that for Josh Allen this offseason at all. None. Absolutely zero. I, I, Matt Stafford, everyone wants to crown Matt Stafford, right? Like, But Dak, yeah. for whatever reason, Dak, people just can't just grasp. Dak is one of the best passers in the NFL, bottom line. Like, it's that simple. Um, and I'm not sure why the hatred is maybe because he wasn't a top, you know, a prospect coming out of Mississippi state where he entered the, he entered the Cowboys with a really good offensive line and running game. And it's one of those things where like people thought he was, um, made by the offensive system and the the pieces around him where it wasn't really him creating that success, but we have to drop the narrative. Dak can lead teams with his arm when things aren't going perfectly around him and he can carry football teams. Like he's, he's done it. He's shown it. He showed it tonight. Like he was absolutely amazing tonight. He was like this last year before he got hurt. Like Dak is a legit guy and and 
he needs to be treated as such. He needs to talk. We need to talk about that the way we talk about Josh Allen. Like, I, and and I for agree. Josh Allen to, to be able to all of a sudden, like, be in this top tier. And I love Josh Allen. I'm not, I'm not trying to knock Josh Allen, but, like, Josh Allen had one good season last year. Like, let's be real. He had one – he took a huge step, which I'm very happy to see. But, like, let's not act like Josh Allen's done this in a, as a consistent basis. But people are so quick to put Josh Allen on a top tier with, you know, the Mahomes, the, the, the Rodgers, the Wilsons, and the Bradys. What about Dak? Like, well, I'm confused. What about Dak? You know, and and so I just want to get off, off off my chest because, like, I feel time and time again, we just we as football fans in the media just fa- fail to give Dak his flowers, and, and I think it's definitely beyond past time to do so. So my thing about Dak is that he's been an acquired taste for a lot of people, and what I mean by that is Dak has been good ever since he stepped foot in the league. Just because the the battle with Tony Romo didn't last long, obviously, he proved to be the guy ever since his rookie year. But I think it's been hard for people to accept that just because originally, if you remember, he wasn't the straw that stirred the drink just because he was behind and pretty much the best offensive line in the league at the time when Tyron, uh, Tyron Smith was at his peak and then some of the other players that they had along the offensive front. Zach Martin obviously was there too, as well. Zeke Elliott was in the same rookie class. He had fresh legs and he was in his prime. And then they had the perimeter weapons that they had at the time. So he walked into a great situation and he's been good ever since he walked into that situation. But I think a lot of people are still thinking that he's in that great mm-hmm. situation, which he is. But Dak has really separated himself as far as the situation that he was in initially his first few years to now entering that elite tier to winning because of Dak, as opposed to Dak just being there, if that makes sense. So like I said, he, he's been an acquired taste for a lot of people, but a lot of people don't realize Dak has been good ever since he stepped foot in the league. But now it's just amazing to see how much he's progressed specifically as a passer. He's gotten so much better every single year coming from that damn Muller system when he was at Mississippi State was a little bit raw, was more of a runner uh, as opposed to a true pocket passer. But now he's revolutionized his game completely. And as you saw tonight, I mean, he's layering the ball. He's throwing the ball over the fingertips of guys, being able to show touch, getting up on his toes. Like, man, he's he was incredible against the Buccaneers, man. Like, that was one of the best Dak performances, performances I've seen in a very long time. And he's had plenty of memorable ones in his career, but that was one of my favorites for sure. So, big fan of Dak. I really like him a lot. But before we move on to um, our college football week two previews, I want to remind everybody about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again. And all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest. The world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest is now open at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Bet Online is the fastest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online your online sports book expert. And I know we said we're going to move on uh, after that, but I want to make sure we get to Tom Brady as well. because I mean, I I tweeted out and I know you weren't able to see it after the, the Cowboys kicked that initial field goal to go up and take the lead with, I think it was like a minute and 32 seconds left. I said, they left Tom too much time. And we have all seen how this movie ends. (laughs) We've all seen it before. Like we knew they were going to march down somehow, some way, and get a field goal 
uh, to win the game or even end up scoring a touchdown. So Tom Brady, it's like he's not aging at all. And I know everybody says Father Time is undefeated, but this dude continues to defy the odds, and he looked so sharp tonight the entire game. I know he had a couple interceptions, but, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say about the dude anymore. Like, he's already the GOAT, but now – He's, I mean, he's already in his own stratosphere. There's no more we can say about Tom Brady, but when does he fall off? Like, I don't know when that happens just because they're so loaded on offense. And it's kind of like, it just, it just depends on which day it is, whoever's going to explode. Like it wasn't Mike Evans day today, but it was Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin had the the rough second half, but he made some catches in the first half. And we all know Chris Godwin is going to end up getting paid at the end of this year. He's on the franchise tag this year, but we know he's going to end up getting paid, whether it's by the books or somebody else. So, I mean, they have weapons. Gronk looks rejuvenated. Uh, it's like the fountain of youth, man, over there in Tampa Bay. So Brady was unbelievable, though. The thing with me is, like, Brady's always been accurate. He's he's outstanding in terms of decision-making and timing and, and, and ball placement. But, like, how the hell is his arm still this strong? Like, this is insane. Like, He's 40, what, what is he, 43, 44 years old? Like, yeah. how can he still rip the ball like this? This is absolutely nuts. He has, he, has a, he has a stronger arm than most quarterbacks in the NFL in their prime right now. Like, makes zero sense to me. Um, but, you know, even outside of Brady, who was, again, outstanding tonight, this Bucks offensive line was so good tonight. Yeah. And if he's going to have that amount of time to just sit back, survey field, you know, you know, do some pump fakes with receivers like Antonio Brown, who looks like he's back with the Steelers. Just, of course, you know, can't can't do anything with the Raiders. But, yeah, let, let, me, let me go to the Bucks and have a bay on the ball now. But <laughs> it's another story. Anyways, but we have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk down of youth. Like, what are we talking about? Like, I don't know, man. I, I – I, the Cowboys gave them their best game. Like yeah. and I and I and I know like the Cowboys defense is nothing crazy or anything like that, but like offensively, Amari went off. Like CD Lamb, Amari, they're special. Like the Dak was otherworldly tonight. And for most of the game, it still felt like Tampa was very much in control. Like it was just Tampa was just, you know, just doing their thing. And with Tampa's defense, their front seven. Um, you know, Carlton Davis is, is a really good corner. I, I know, you know, the loss of Sean Murphy Bunting hurt them and Jamel Dean got picked on a little bit as, as he does occasionally, but I mean, it's, it's looking like Tampa is going to be fast tracking themselves to a minimum, the NFC championship game. Yeah. I think they're going to have to find some help in the secondary, uh, just because their secondary did not look very good when Murphy Button went down. But the great thing about Tampa is that they can win any type of game, whether it's on the ground. I think Fournette had a really good game. And kudos to him, man. Like, he's gotten so much better as a receiver. And I did not see that coming from him specifically when he was coming out of LSU. That was the big thing about him is that he was just a ground-and-pound type of running back that wasn't known for his hands out of the backfield. But he's gotten so much better as a receiving threat. And that's, I think Tom's gotten much more comfortable with him in that area as well. And he was just throwing simple dump offs to him. He had the big catch against Michael Parsons along the sideline to get the first down as well. When, when Tom was falling over, which was an incredible play in itself. So 
Yeah, for Fournette, I thought he had a really good game as well. And of course, I mean Tom Brady did Tom Brady things, and he ended the way he ended the game exactly how everybody thought he would. Like I said, we've all seen that movie before, and how it ended. So that was that was an outstanding game, though. Like the NFL, they couldn't have asked for a better way to open the season for it to be prime time Thursday night, unveiling the banner for a Tampa Bay, and then going out and having a great game. And then your superstar players played well. It always helps the product and the brand as well. Amari Cooper, as you mentioned, played well. Tom Brady and Dak were just unbelievable. Gronk was great. You can just go on and on of the players that had a good game. Hey guys, this is Chris, the producer of the Read Option Podcast, here to tell you about our new sponsor over at Homefield. Homefield, a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis. Listen, they have incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. One of the coolest things is Homefield studies school's history and traditions. They go through the archives. They create thoughtful vintage designs that represent the school's history. They're actually wrapping up their big new Saturday season two. They launched 16 schools each Saturday all summer. A new school got released every Saturday, but they're going to continue to release and refresh schools all year long. They actually now have over 100 schools officially licensed and they add more schools all the time. So listen, I'm trying to get some Arizona State gear so I can represent my alma mater. Hopefully they get that up soon. But I got some BYU gear on the way to represent my boy, Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. So can't wait to show that off on the show. You can get involved. You can get 15% off your first purchase from Homefield with the code TDN during checkout. So you want to go on the website, homefieldapparel.com, check out all the schools they have. They add schools all the time. And when you put code TDN during checkout, for your first purchase, you're going to get 15% off over at homefieldapparel.com. All right, so let's move on to, let's go ahead and go to our college football week two previews. And we both agree that this weekend slate of games is a bit underwhelming. And this is what I like to call cut the check week. And there's a bunch of FCS schools playing FBS schools and money games is what I like to call them as well. There's a bunch of those going around, but there is four that we are going to focus on in today's show, which is Oregon, Ohio State, Iowa and Iowa State, Texas and Arkansas. And then we'll finish with Michigan and Washington. So, of course, with you being an Oregon grad, we have to start at the top with Oregon and Ohio State. I haven't seen the line for this game. As far as, you know, how many points Oregon is getting, I'm sure you know, just because mm-hmm. I think your finger's probably itching a little bit <laughs> to take <laughs> Oregon in this matchup, just because I can I can imagine how many points they're getting, uh, specifically with how they played last week against Fresno. So, um, Ohio State, though, man, they looked really good last week in the fourth quarter, I should say, once C.J. Stroud started to, started to get the ball to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. But the one player, of course, that everybody's going to have spots on their spotlight on is Kayvon Thibodeau, just to see how he plays against this very talented Buckeyes offensive front. I think that's something that a lot of people are going to be paying attention to. But I want to see um, how these Ohio State receivers match up with this Oregon speed, specifically in the secondary as well. I know they have some young players on the back end, but you expect your big-time players to dominate in a game like this. So I want to see how well they're going to play. So my eyes will be on Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, but what are some things you're looking for in this matchup? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what the line is. It's, it's Oregon plus 14 and a half. And, and wow. I don't know, man, it, it, that, it, even as an Oregon super fan and diehard and alum, like I have a hard time even taking that. Like I, I, I don't feel confident. It just, and I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't super impressed with Ohio state. Like, yeah, I wasn't. I thought, they, I, th- I thought they looked good, but like, I definitely don't think this is their team from last year. But 
I was really underwhelmed with Oregon's performance last week against Fresno State, which is something I called. But their offensive line, I mean, was not very good. And when you talk about the people, the players that Ohio State has up front in terms of Haskell Garrett, Zach Harrison, I'm, I'm blanking on a few other guys, another address that they have, like, I'm not sure how those guys aren't going to wreck, wreck our game plan. Like, I'm, I'm thinking Haskell Garrett, like, his quickness and, 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 and power in the middle, and he's going to be disruptive. And Zach Harrison, um, his length and explosive off the edge, I mean, it's, it's going to cause problems for Oregon. And, you know, we're going to get, we're gonna have to get creative. A lot of counters, a lot of traps. A lot, lot of, you know, quick outsides, hit, quick hitting stuff. Like uh, Joe Moorhead, offensive coordinator of Oregon, is going to have to be in his bag if Oregon has a shot. But in terms of player matchups, I mean, obviously the big one is KT. If he can even play, we don't, we don't know if he's going to suit up because of the, the ankle injury against he suffered against Fresno. But if he's there and he's, he's, he's active, he, he needs to have, have a big game. And he's going to be going up against, you know, some really good players up front. I think Thayer Munford, I know they moved him to left guard. He had a really good game, but I know the left tackle for us, it's a young guy. He's pretty good. Um, you know, Kayvon's going to have a good challenge. And and this, again, like we just said last week, like when if Kayvon plays, this is the game scouts are going to circle. You know, when, we, yeah. when, 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 when the scouting assistants are in the office and they're making their POA tapes for the GM, they're including this game for Kayvon. And so he has a lot, you know, to prove. And, and so I, I do think he'll play because he's going to tough it out. He loves football. And I think he's going to play well. Um, another matchup, obviously, uh, you mentioned it, was Chris Olave versus Michael Wright and Garrett Wilson versus Michael Wright. Michael Wright, you know, he's he's a corner who, you know, I, I know T, we at TDN are very high on, but a lot of the national media doesn't really know Michael Wright's name because he played behind a few NFL guys last year, Thomas Graham and DeMarco Lenore. But he is an extremely talented corner, really athletic, good length, tough as nails, good movement skills. You know, he's in raise he's in talks for as a first round pick. And so, you know, how is Chris Olave gonna do against him? That that's a matchup I'm very interested in, in seeing. And then another one that's I think is pretty underrated is the, the tight end, Jeremy Rucker, against how he's gonna do against Oregon's linebackers, uh, Noah Sewell and Justin Flo, who I mean, as true sophomores, both were absolutely outstanding last week. They were they were special. So I'd be excited to see how they uh how they can handle and cover Jeremy record in, in the open field. But overall, I think it's going to be a great game. Obviously, I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend if Oregon can make it competitive. But as I sit here today, Thursday night, I'm not necessarily sure it's going to be as competitive as Duck fans are hoping. I'm interested to see Ohio State's game plan in this game just because I think Oregon's really talented on the second level, like you mentioned with Noah Sewell and then also Justin Flo as well. When we know the strength of Ohio State is always going to be their running game, even though they like to throw the ball around the yard. They have two first rounders on the outside, in my opinion. But once they started to establish the run against Minnesota, that's really where you started to see things open up for them. And, you know, they have the young freshman whose name is slipping my mind, Master Teague, and then they have another running back that they like a lot as well. Um, that I think was, has been there for quite some time. It's really just now getting his shot. I think his last name was Williams, if I'm not mistaken, number 28. Yeah, he my, my Williams, he, 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 he's the problem. He looked freaking yeah. good against yeah. Minnesota. He flashed for sure against Minnesota. So I'm interested to see Ohio State's game plan in this one, if they try to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, but Stroud, he definitely – he wasn't calm at all in that first half. But once he started to distribute – just relax and distribute to Olave and Wilson. Things started to open up and settle down for him. So 
I'm interested to see what Ryan Day does to sell him down, especially in a big game like this. But as you mentioned, I mean, all eyes are going to be on Kayvon Thibodeau if he mm-hmm. does end up playing in this game. And I think this is quote-unquote resume game is what I like to call. Like you mentioned, this is the one that scouts are going to pop in first just because this is one of the more notable name opponents that Oregon is going to see this year. So um, I'm going to go with Ohio State in this game. Um, I think it's – I wouldn't say a blowout, but I think they're going to win handily. Um, I'll go 38-17. I think Ohio State's going to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd i probably pick – I'm picking Ohio State. But the more I think about it, I think that Oregon, there is a pathway for Oregon making it close and even pulling it upset, and that is to give the ball to number seven, C.J. Verdell, minimum 30, 30 times on, on Saturday. I mean, the only reason they, they won last week was because he got going late in the game. And for some reason, we refused to really feed him the rock like he should because he's an NFL player. If they commit to giving C.J. Verdell the ball, Ohio State didn't show me last week that they, they can stop the run. I think Oregon can keep it close. I got 28-35, Buckeyes. I think, I think, I think Oregon covers. Okay. <laughs> I see you going with a little bit of school bias right yeah, there. Yeah. I think that was a little bit of predicting with your heart instead of your head, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next matchup, with it, which is Iowa and Iowa State. A little bit of a rivalry here, of course. In-state rivals going at it. Plenty of notable named players in this game. We have Brees Hall, Brock Purdy from Iowa State. Uh, Charlie Kolar is another one as well. On the defensive side, we have Mike Rose. Uh, Will McDonald, who's a very talented edge rusher as well. So there's a lot of talented players on both sides of the ball for Iowa State. They have a bunch of offensive linemen that are probably going to end up being drafted this year as well. Iowa has a notable player that I like a lot, that we like a lot at TDN, which is Tyler Lindenbaum as well. I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Iowa State struggled a little bit last week uh, coming out of the gate. Um, But I think they're probably going to end up winning this game. Uh, I'm going to go with Iowa State in this matchup, but who are some players that you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously this is a huge test for, for Brock Purdy. You know, I mean, Iowa, Iowa's defense looked phenomenal last week against Indiana and they, they beat Indiana handedly. Yeah. And Indiana was ranked number 17. So Iowa looks very, very good right now. And again, like Brock Purdy had some love last year. And I know me and you aren't necessarily super high on Brock Purdy, but you know, there, there are people, you know, in, in, in front offices who like Brock Purdy. And so, you know, this will be, again, this is another resume game for him. Um, same with Brees Hall. You know, Brees Hall, he needs to continue to, to be productive. He's not the most explosive or shifty back in the world. So he needs to continue to show he can produce at a high level. And then on um, on Iowa's side, you know, I, I, th- I think Tyler Goodson, the running back from, from Iowa, you know, he's a really, a really good player as well. You know, this would be a good time for him to – to show NFL scouts what he can do on the big stage. Um, uh, Tyler Lindenbaum, you know, the, the, the center from Iowa, who I know is, is a huge, you know, a big-time player, and, and we're, we're huge fans of his game at, at TDN. And so we'll be curious to watch how him and how he performs. Um, and then another guy, Riley Riley Moss, the, the defensive back, who had two, I think it was two interceptions last week, like for, for Iowa. I mean, that guy showed he has some good instincts and ball skills. And so – I think this is arguably one of the one of the best games of the weekend, if not the second, you know, first best of the weekend. Honestly, between I think it's what is it, number eight versus number ten in the country, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a top ten matchup, and and um, against two really consistent, strong football programs, and um, it will be an exciting one for sure. 
one of the better matchups of the weekend as far as between ranked opponents. And like we mentioned earlier, it's a little bit underwhelming week as far as head to head type of matchups. But this is one of the few ranked opponents that we get going against each other. So a lot of players to keep an eye on in that game, but a couple I will be looking at closely. Brees Hall definitely is the one at the top of my list, him and Brock Purdy on that Iowa State offense, Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa. But let's go ahead and get to our next game, which is Texas and Arkansas. And I was impressed with what I saw from Arkansas last week, and I know they put played Rice, but they have a safety that I pounded the table for to get in our TDN top 100. I think he ended up coming at number 81. And I actually included him on my top 50 big board when it came out. I think the world of Jalen Catalan from Arkansas. Big fan of him, even though he's only about five foot nine, 195 pounds. But you talk about somebody that comes down, he will strike you. Uh, he had two interceptions last week at a bunch of TFLs at a big game. Ended up being our SEC Defensive Player of the Week for TDN. So even though it was Rice, I know it wasn't a, a high quality opponent, but you want to see those type of players dominate no matter who the competition is. And that's what Catalan was able to do. Now, on Texas's side, one player that I do have circled for Texas, and I didn't mention him in the pre-show, I should have, is DeMarvin Overshone. He's a linebacker from Texas that's getting quite a bit of buzz right now. Has that build that you love to see at the position, even though he's a little bit linear at about six foot three, 220 pounds. Kind of that Darius Leonard type of build, but he has the agility that Leonard has. I don't think he's nearly as physical as Leonard is when he's stepping downhill, but he had 14 tackles a week ago. He was a former safety, so you know he's agile uh, coming from the third level now to being a second-level defender. This is his second year at Mike, so was our Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week last week at TDN, so he had a big week along with Bijan Robinson, who's an underclassman right now, will be in the 2023 class, uh, that very talented running back class in 2023, so those will be some players that I have my eye on in this matchup. Who are a couple that you have your eye on? Yeah, Catalan is a guy I didn't know much about until recently. But watching him last weekend, I mean, ball hawk instincts, tough, good, 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 um, good feel for the game. Um, really big fan of him after after getting a closer look. Um, another guy from Arkansas, I mean, Tra- Traylon Burks. Yeah, um, you know, he was he was a little quiet last week. I think he only had five receptions, like fifty yards, but. Me and you both recognize the, his, the playmaker that he is. And, and, you know, this is the type of stage where he loves to show out. I expect him to get forced at the football. Um, I think he's going to have a huge game and really you know, confirm why we're so high on him and why he's probably going to be a first-round pick when it's all said and done. Um, I mean, really, I mean, look, if, if this is this Texas needs to win this game. Like, yeah. Texas has a lot of pressure to win this game. And so I expect to see a healthy dose. Number five, B. John Robinson, who was, again, outstanding in a season opener. Um, and so I, it's it's going to be another good game. I'm, I'm going to be excited to watch this one. Um, but I think the pressure is squarely on Texas. But I do think they get it done. I think Texas wins here. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go with Texas. I think Bijan Robinson is just going to be a little bit too much for that Arkansas defense. And I like Catalan on the back end. But – Bijan Robinson is a big load, man, to handle not only as a running threat, but they get him involved quite a bit in the passing game as well, which is what I love. So I'm going to go with Texas, but I think it's going to be really, really close. So I'm going to go with uh, – I'll go Texas 24, Arkansas 21. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go um, Texas – I think it might be a little high scoring. I'm going to go 31-17. 
Okay. I like it. All right. So let's get to our last game of the week, which is Michigan and Washington, a game that probably has the best head-to-head matchup as far as prospects. We have Jackson Kirkland, who we are very high on. He's our second offensive tackle on our big board that was just released about a month ago. And then Michigan, they have Aiden Hutchinson, who's a very talented edge rusher coming off of the edge. Had a phenomenal week last week as well. Just health, that's been the biggest issue with him up to this point. Got the surgery in the offseason, and he looks like a brand-new player. I thought he looked really urgent. And then he was very active in this game, in the game as well. But Kirkland, even though they had a tough loss a week ago, uh, I think he's a player that stock is going to continue to rise just because he has the athleticism that you love to see at the position. And then you're seeing players like Brian O'Neill and Colton Miller get paid. He's kind of in that same mold as far as the athlete. I think he's going to test very similarly to those guys. Only played four games a year ago at left tackle. So this technically, technically I still count as his first season playing the offensive tackle spot four games obviously is only a quarter of a season but I still think he's still a little bit raw at that spot he needs to gain some strength as well I thought he lost a little bit too much weight after being 325 pounds and playing guard his first few seasons at Washington he transitioned outside the tackle where he got down to reportedly 295 pounds hovering around 300 so hopefully he can get back up to the 310 315 range but to where he can get like a Samuel Cosme type of body. I think that's something he should aim for. And Cosme ended up going in the second round. I think Kirkland probably can go even higher than that. Some of the other players that we'll see in this game, Daxton Hill, who's a very talented player from Michigan, and then Trent McDuffie from Washington as well. So who are some other names that you have your eye on in this game? Yeah, uh, I like I like all the players you mentioned in terms of, of uh, Jackson Kirkland. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, who was really, really productive last uh, last week from Michigan. Um, another name I, I really need to see some, some more of, and he was kind of quiet last week. I mean, the whole team in Washington was, for gosh sake, they lost to Montana, but it was Kate Otten, the tight end, who I know me and you like a lot. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's another name in a very talented and deep tight end class. Um, definitely would want to see him produce as – a lot of other tight ends have been producing, so you don't want to see him get lost in the lost in the shuffle a little bit. For sure. So, prediction, score prediction. What you got? Oh, I got Michigan. I think they're gonna kick the crap out of him. I got Michigan thirty-five, Washington fourteen. Yeah, hardball, man. I hate going with Harbaugh in big games just because they just don't win big games for whatever reason. But I just think the way Washington looked last week, it just was not pretty at all. So Michigan should win this game handily, but I think it's going to be closer. And I think it's going to be a little bit high scoring as well. So I'm going to go Michigan 38 and I'll go Washington 31 to win that game. So I'm going to go with the Wolverines. So Harbaugh, don't disappoint me. Please don't. If so, this will be the last time I go with y'all in a big game. But, yeah, that was awesome, man. We finally got some week one football stuff as far as NFL. We got a nice opening matchup. We have some nice matchups in college football landscape here and there. But overall, it might be a little bit of a snooze fest outside of the games that we previewed today. But as always, you know, we're going to enjoy 
the college football landscape being on TV in general. That's the great thing about college football. You're always going to have some crazy games. I don't know where there's going to be some team that shows up. I don't know where that you did not predict that ends up winning the game as well. But that is all we have for you guys today. Of course, this show is presented by Bet Online. Be sure to check out Bet Online. Also, be sure to check out thedraftnetwork.com. Follow us on all social media platforms. That's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, or however else social media that you are able to consume. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. And also remember that we did switch switch our feed over from the Read Option Podcast to the other Read Option Podcast as well. One has a black background, but the new one has a white background. So be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review. And we're going to get to a point where we're going to, we're going to take you guys' questions as well. It's going to be a new feature that we add in the coming weeks. We're going to do a mailbag on here. So as always, thank you guys for listening. He's Brentley Wiseman. I'm Jordan Reed. We are the Read Option Podcast presented by Bet Online. We will be back on Monday with a full recap of Sunday's NFL action, as well as the week two college football uh, recap as well. We will give out some game balls. See you guys then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.